everyone. Welcome back to Central American Voices. I'm your host, Alejandra Quiroz. Gracias por sintonizarnos una vez más. So today we're talking with Eddie Monge. He is the founder of Stu Leader, an organization focused on providing emotional development, leadership, and trauma healing resources to youth and community leaders in El Salvador. Eddie, Eddie is using his passion for culture and human development to empower youth to live healthier lives. So we're so excited to talk with you, Eddie, and I'm so happy to have you here in the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Alejandra. I really appreciate this and very excited to be here. Um, yes, I am indeed uh, joining from El Salvador at the moment, where it's about 95 degrees and about to rain, which is very exciting. Um, and yeah, I've been doing some work from here with uh, Tu Lider, which is awesome. I recently moved here from New York City. So, you know, us cipotes living all over the world. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, that's exciting. The weather over there. I'm kind of <laughs> jealous <laughs> of the weather. But, um, yeah, thank you. So today uh, we're talking with Eddie because uh, we're talking about under this series about mental health here in the podcast. And when Eddie reached reach out to to me to be a guest, I was like, oh, he's going to be perfect for the one that we're planning. And then especially for like his organization, what he focused on. And he also has a podcast. So first of all, we're going to start with, you know, what is like what we're going to talk mainly in this episode, which is about trauma. Um, I know, like Eddie said, like, you know, he's not an expert and we both not an expert. It's something that we both have learned through research, through experience and to just reading. Um, so Eddie, like, kind of, if you can t tell us a little bit, like, what is trauma? Definitely. So as you said, Alejandra, I think it's important to, um, for listeners to know that you and I are not experts. I'm not mm -hmm. an expert. I'm not a therapist. And mm -hmm. indeed, I everything I share with you today will be based on my own personal experiences mm -hmm. and everything I've learned through creating mm -hmm. my journey and also through creating to leader. So for me, trauma is any experiences you have in your mm -hmm. life that mark you. And the market in a way in which they break mm -hmm. pieces of you. And many times this could be from experiences mm -hmm. that are from your parents, from uh, strangers, from people you know, from people you trust, from people you don't know. And they leave a dent in you that never healed properly. And if you never give it an opportunity to heal, so in that trauma, mm -hmm. the same way that if you crash a car into another vehicle that is an experience that will leave mm -hmm. a dance in the vehicle the same way to me are experiences that we go through that leave marks in us the beauty i think and i mm -hmm. say the beauty the beauty of the journey of life especially when it comes to mm -hmm. traumatic experiences is that we have an opportunity to heal them if we choose to Sometimes we choose to not mm -hmm. look at them as traumatic experiences, and that's okay. Maybe we don't, we don't want to put that label on them. Mm -hmm. But what we do when we don't mm -hmm. necessarily look at them as the damage they've caused is that we minimize the damage they've caused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's very important when you said, like, we don't want to put the label because sometimes, like I said, we go through experiences. And especially like in the community we live on, sometimes we just like oh, it was solo for an experiencia, but we don't characterize it as that that it, that experience that you went through is actually affecting you right now, or it's it's affecting that relationship that you have with someone or a family member, or how you you know react to certain things. And I think that is very important, like sometimes to understand that trauma can be caused um, through different type of, you know, experiences, you know, that can be an accident. It can be something that happened between you and a person. It can be, you know, sexual assault. It can be um, bullying. It can be like enormous of things. It is not something that is just specific. Oh, you just get trauma because of this experience. It's something that is completely it's out of, you know, different relation, like different experience that you get um, throughout your life. And it can happen from a very young age. And even us right now, like we are adults, we might experience something that it maybe in years like to come, it might cause the in a, a traumatic scene. A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. I think it's. Yeah. 
it's important to note that first I'll say this also to people listening. If you mm-hmm. have experienced any traumatic experiences that you recognize bring mm-hmm. you back to a, a certain place, feel free to listen to this. Feel free to not listen to this mm-hmm. if you believe that it will cause you to have a some sort of um, connection back to the experience you yes. had, which to me is called a flashback. So mm-hmm. definitely feel free to disconnect at any moment mm-hmm. from, from listening to this. But I will say, you know, us connecting or recognizing our trauma can be the first step towards healing but that first step is usually Mm -hmm. the hardest yes people think that as you go through the journey of healing Mm -hmm. it will be very difficult and indeed it will be but the reward will be worth it once you start experiencing that peace that your heart is looking for, that your your mm-hmm. body is looking for, then you'll start to experience relief. Mm-hmm. And then to me, that's where you start to see your trauma or the trauma you went through, whether you want to call it that or not, as something that is actually not mm-hmm. for you to keep. It's part of your story, but it's not for you to hold on mm-hmm. to. Yes. You're not meant to hold on to your trauma and mm-hmm. never let go of it. You're meant to go through the trauma you went through, mm-hmm. go through the healing journey you went through for you to become the person you're meant to become. Yes. And yes, 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 everything that you said. Because it's true. Sometimes I feel like uh, I tend to think about, you know, my life and be like, okay, things happen for a reason. And that's something that we say, you know, things happen for a reason and what I happen for that, like I wouldn't be here. Right. And I tend to say, um, if I can share a little bit with you and I can tend to say like about the experience of like divorce of my parents, how, you know, in itself, like people will say like, oh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, they both got separated. But what about the kids? This is another thing that we don't see. Right. Like, yeah, it, it, it was a marriage that, yeah, it had kids and people sometimes it focus on the damage that will leave the person, you know, leaving and the person that would have, because that person was so many, you know, years with a person, but what about the kids? You know, that sometimes that's mm-hmm. what I try to say to people who are like going through divorce or like they have kids or they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you need to also think about the kids because for me and my brother, sometimes we go back and we kind of like, we don't want to revive it, but we're like, we know that the relationship, well, first of all, the, the relationship with my father was broken from it, right? And then how we react, like I sometimes I, I think like, I don't know at this age how to react to have a father on my side because I have never had it, you know, like I, from like, I don't know, of like 12 years now that I haven't had a father figure on my side. So mm-hmm. when I see for example, and then in, I feel like this in, uh, in in this case, like I see a person having an emotion connection with their father. Like you feel like, you know, like, okay, like that's when I revive my trauma that like he left, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But it's on me to not look at others like, oh, I don't have a father. It's like, okay, what I went through, it was because of a better, um, my mom was having for a, you know, like, really hard time but i cannot just focus on what happened when i was 12 and that like i mean yes it did affect me but i cannot just live in that moment if that makes sense and i don't want to that to affect me because i and i'm sharing this to you because sometimes like i i do think about this and that's like the most part that i can say that i can relate to trauma because i i it affect me in my relationship how if I wanted to have a boyfriend because I didn't want it or like if I Mm -hmm. want to get married I have the sense that I don't want to go through that Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that because I think it's really important to recognize how certain events that take place in our lives many times we don't categorize them Mm -hmm. as a traumatic experience we think of them as it just happened Mm -hmm. it is what it is my parents went through this this happened to me it doesn't leave any trauma we many times minimize Mm -hmm. the impact that an event or an experience or something has in our lives but we don't look at what is left after it 
what's left for you to work mm-hmm. with after and the emotions that it causes in you, the effect mm-hmm. that it has in your body will usually be the one telling you, Hey, there's a cut here. I think I like to think of it as I just recently got a cut on my finger. Mm-hmm. Whenever soap falls on this, it hurts. It reminds me that I got cut a couple of days ago. And I remember yeah. of the exact moment when the knife went through my finger and I cut myself. That to me is a similar experience mm-hmm. of what happens mm-hmm. whenever we encounter an experience that is similar to that of our traumatic, traumatic experience. It reminds us of what we went through mm-hmm. and we relive that moment for a second. However, mm-hmm. what happens when this cut starts yeah. to heal? What happens when the cut actually closes? I'll see, have a little scar. However, I'll no longer feel the pain the same way. For a while, mm-hmm. maybe I will, but eventually it'll stop. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I will no longer feel it. I'll touch it, but I'll no longer feel yeah. it. One of my really good mm-hmm. friends, his name is Bill Hoffman. He is a writer and a counselor. And I had a mm-hmm. session with him. This was a, a couple of um, a couple of months back. Him and I were talking about how people react to their trauma in their relationships. And you actually brought this up. We are like, we have buttons Mm -hmm. in our life, if you can think of it like that. And many times people know how to touch those Mm -hmm. buttons. And there's that one button Mm -hmm. that is this one traumatic experience that we have never healed from. That when someone touches it, it like automatically turns on every button in your body. What happens when you learn to con- mm-hmm. to know exactly what point to what point is that button connected to? Where is the wire headed to? What happens if you just discover where it's coming from? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is what happens if you were yeah. to disconnect it? And I think that that's the journey of healing. That is what mm-hmm. happens when we learn to identify Mm -hmm. our traumatic experiences in our life. And it doesn't have to be sexual abuse. It doesn't have to be um, a a family member passing Mm -hmm. away. It doesn't have to be um, domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Many times we only look at those as traumatic experiences, but we Mm -hmm. don't look at things like a divorce and separation. Mm -hmm. We don't look at abandonment. We don't look at um, things like, you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. one trauma, physical trauma, which can leave emotional trauma and even mental, you know, trauma. It can be an accident. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens when, you know, a dad in this case, Mm -hmm. you know, you share that it's no longer available. That sense of abandonment will be brought into a future relationship. It's very true when you said, like, we focus on this, like, when someone defined trauma, we focus on this huge ass of traumatic events. But there's little ones. I mean, I don't want to minimalizarlo, but, like, there's events in your life that it might be not, like, you know, sexual abuse, sexual assault, like, anything um, of that, you know, de ese tamaño. But it will affect you eventually. Like yes. I, I sometimes like you know that relation or sometimes like let's have I, I I tend to like just put a little examples of like maybe you didn't get a, like a lot of attention when you were little. Your parents were always busy. Like now when you're older, like that type of of you don't want to be feeling that way. It, it, we don't see it as traumatic, but it 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 does get in your head when you get older and that's when that's one of the things that i want to talk right now about trauma because sometimes when we don't see it at the moment it of course it does affect us later on and also how a parent's uh trauma sometimes gets passed to us and that i feel like this is something that i do wanted to uh talk to you especially from the area of el salvador as we are not in our community a lot of people went through the war trauma and that's mm-hmm. not something that i would borrar with like whatever political or political views or a president we have in the countries that would never get away from what these people went through through like years of trauma of militarization and everything um and then of course of the trauma of migrating because these people were having traumas like like this event of you know like killings and like a lot of displacement, like hiding each other, then get to tr- like, you know, like move to other places. And now they're like living in the United States, Europa, and now they're having families. And the situation of the relationship with the families sometimes gets misunderstood because they don't know what they're holding on. And sometimes in our community, 
when we talk about older generation, for example, our parents or grandparents, they're not as open to be like that. Or they don't want to talk what is like, um, I don't know what's the thing, but like the exact thing, but like, we don't know, um, they don't know how to say it or they don't want to even say it in order for not to revivir, if that makes sense. Definitely. I think that if we want to look at the effects of trauma in our lives, we can't just look at our mm -hmm. own personal trauma. We have to also look at our generational trauma because unfortunately, mm -hmm. what our parents, mm -hmm. what our grandparents, what our great-grandparents have gone through has marked them as well. And that if the, if the cycle has never been cut, then the experiences, unfortunately, the effects of the experiences get passed on. And we see this, as you mentioned, people who've gone through mm -hmm. the war. So in this case, Salvadorians that have escaped El Salvador to live in different countries, one of them being mm -hmm. my grandparents, one of them being my grandma. My grandma has been living in the U.S. for the last 35 mm -hmm. years, 36 years, if I'm if I'm right, somewhere around there, and pretty much mm -hmm. my entire life since I've <laughs> since I've lived, um, she's you know more than that. She's lived there mm -hmm. because of the war. She had to live because of the war, and I won't go into details of what she had to go through. But the effects of her trauma have affected me. Yeah. I lived with her since I was fourteen mm -hmm. until I was seventeen. I went through those tough years of my life, which everyone knows mm -hmm. when you're 14, 15, 16, nobody understands you. Nobody mm -hmm. knows why you're living. Mm -hmm. You live in your own little world and you hope that adults yeah. will just have some space, you know, where, where they just let you be. Um, but unfortunately mm -hmm. I had to live my grandma's experiences with her. I know all the stories of of what my grandma went through because I listened to them almost every single day. I was my grandma's mm -hmm therapist in a way except that i didn't have the title and i didn't get paid for it mm -hmm. i was just there listening to her because that helped her mm -hmm. get through just one day and another day my grandma lives with so many unfortunately so many things mm -hmm. now like pain on her shoulders constantly just feeling emotionally not okay um seeing things where they're not there all just things from the experiences she's had with her life and my family unfortunately, has had to go through those things with mm -hmm. her, but then now they also have their own experiences. So yes, unfortunately, trauma, if the mm -hmm. cycle is not cut, trauma continues to flow through families. Cycle, if the cycle is not stopped and, mm -hmm. and you know, put, a, put an end to it, then unfortunately it will be passed on generation after generation. Yeah. And then, you know, when I started reading about the trauma, the generational trauma, how it does get, you know, passed down, you know, from grandparents to parents to now uh, us as, as their daughters and sons um, is like, how, you know, like you will ask how it's like, that's one person experience. Why do I get to be affected? And I think I read something that is actually like, it affects like, your like DNA and like how it goes like it's very scientificamente tiene un término bien científico por ahí but it's like when you start reading like wow and then you create and then when you start talking with your parents or uh because your parents did things separate like differently because of the trauma of their grandparents and you will do things separately because of why you went through your parents. And this, this is how it goes, it goes, it goes, it goes. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's true when we haven't cut, you know, como es que se llama el, el cable um, of, mm -hmm. or of experience, it will continue going and going. And I feel like now is our time to, now that it, I feel like the conversation of mental health is becoming more bigger as we still need to do a lot of work, um, but it's to not only focus on us, but to, get help for an entire family because i feel like when we have those conversations in our household starting from our household uh to our communities and involving others that's when we're going to see a more positive you know um way or reaction towards accepting and moving forward yeah definitely i 100 percent agree with you and there's two things that you make me think of one is a book that I highly recommend. It's mm -hmm. called It Didn't Start With You by Mark Walling. This book mm. essentially walks you through 
how your body and I won't, you know, I probably won't do it justice by trying to explain, but there's a specific story that I can think of, of how the author talks about a patient he had who came and talked about certain things he was experiencing in his body, his physical body. And they were trying to figure out why it is that he was having this like dreams of burning and feeling like his body was hot. And they were able to tie it back to mm -hmm. a family member from a couple of generations back that was burnt alive. And I know it's a very drastic thing to think of, but the whole case he was talking about was mm -hmm. of how our body keeps track of things that have happened, not just to us, but to our generations before. And I think that's something really interesting to think about it, whether we think it's mm -hmm. as true or not. It's important to think about how can things be passed on to us from mm -hmm. our family members? What has been passed on to me from my parents? It sometimes it's not mm -hmm. just the good things, not just the values, mm -hmm. it's not just the, the, the really good decision making. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's the things that we actually don't even think that are there that we learned from our parents, from our grandparents that we saw, that we heard about that have been passed on to us. So that's one thing. The second thing, and I think that it's really mm -hmm. important to look at is the ripple effect. The ripple effect that it can have when one person chooses to make an action and then another one follows. So in this case, I'm sharing about something personal. Mm -hmm. I was sexually abused when I was little. I lived without essentially recognizing that or without knowing that it had happened to me for years up until I was 19 years old. It was when I, it came back to me. The memory was revealed to me that I had experienced that. It was the, the next five years from that point on were the toughest years for my, of my life because I did not want to recognize that I had gone through it, even though my body was living it. Like I was going through the whole experience again. Mm -hmm. One thing I'll say with that is never, mm -hmm. ever protect abusers. Never, ever protect abusers. It's important to know mm -hmm. that because an abuser never. will most likely do it again. So that's the first thing. But as I'm sharing this, mm -hmm. I went through my own journey of, of not wanting to acknowledge it. I was drinking and I'm not saying drinking is bad. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not going into that conversation. I'm more talking about what I did. I went through a journey of like just wanting to forget that I had ever mm -hmm. gone through those experiences until I finally, finally chose to take a step and seek help. But I was so afraid to be categorized as something is wrong with Eddie. I was so afraid of that because I was told when I was younger mm -hmm. that psychologists, mm -hmm. therapeutas, those people are for crazy people. You only go to them when you got problems. And I did not want mm -hmm. to be a problem kid because I was a really good kid growing up. So I wanted to be, I wanted to have my ish together. And I thought I did, but I was an emotional mess. And mm -hmm. the reason was because my body was just like bursting out everything that I had been holding on to when I was little. So the really amazing thing that happened when I chose mm -hmm. to take that first step and go to therapy was that probably about six months after me, my mom decided to start going to therapy. And I still get emotional to think about that wow. because for me, the fact that I chose mm -hmm. to take a step to do that was one thing that brought me peace, but there's no peace like knowing that my mom has peace. Mm -hmm in her heart. And she's been going through therapy now mm -hmm. for the last three and a half years, took a break. She was like, I need to go back again. There's stuff that I got to do there. I gotta, I gotta shield myself. That's what she calls it. I have to mm -hmm. shield myself. And I'm like, you know what, call it whatever you want, but you're doing the work. And she's been on that journey. Now she has yeah. a session every Friday when I'm here. And I, I'm so proud of her for taking that journey. So that's two of us. Then comes a cousin of mine who calls me and says, hey, I'm going through this. And she starts her own healing journey through to leader, which is really exciting. Then comes mm -hmm. from comes other cousins who now decided to do that journey. Then my little brother. And you see what happens when one person chooses to do. And I'm not saying this was thanks to me or anything mm -hmm. like that. I I can care less about the credit. I'm looking at what happens when a family member who knows you the best starts to see a change in you. Mm -hmm. 
they will see that it's not for crazy yes. people. It's actually for you to experience peace in your heart. Yes, definitely. And you actually brought like tears in my eyes to hear that that your mom, you know, did that step after, you know, he saw the change that made him you. And it's so true. And I want to highlight what you said. Do never, ever, ever protect abusers, not even as a family member. I say this, please, do never. Like you said, if si lo conoces, if your friend, if your brother, sister, whatever, do never. No matter who it is, do never, because they will do it again. And that's a very emphasized part that I, uh, when I, when you said, I'm like, yes, everybody needs to know that, that, you know, a veces cuando we like think that they might not do it or like, oh, because so much of a tener ese effect on la familia is causing more damage and you're actually being um you know look como está siendo parte de lo que la persona hizo so please forever and also share like how you said being like the first step you seek you know um help and because you you wanted it you know you wanted peace for you so i also to it is it's nice to see that you know you didn't want to be characterized as crazy as a cosa de loco because that's why we have been mentalized in in, in our community like psicologos is is, is the locos is el, or el, or el terapista and that is because we don't have the conversation that it's okay that it's okay you went through that you feel like you need to talk with someone it's okay maybe i'm not the right person to talk with because i might have my own problems but you have to go with someone who is going to lead you to the right you know path for you to feel at peace to to be good within yourself because sometimes you have to do it for yourself not for others you have to do it for you to be like okay this is what i'm going through i'm doing it for myself and now that it, you know like you saw the change i it, it when you were saying i'm like wow like the effect that had in your mom and your cousin your little brother and your family and i feel that this is what we need in our community like that that effect right because we need to yes. create those spaces for our family members for our communities that to know that it's not for crazy people that you're not crazy that you just need to be you know alguien especialista obviamente who is going to lead you like it to tell you that it's okay because so many times we're brought like for example in, in your case and i want to focus this too on the sexual assault that it only happens to women no it does not so sometimes it's very hard for other um you know males in, uh, to say that to come from and say it because of what them they're going to be categorized and no matter how you identify yourself if if that happened to you you need to say it no matter what gender no matter how is your identification pronouns it like is it's sad when society sometimes puts you know the blame on women of the blame on others that will put you at this label just and blame you as the uh, the victim rather than who did that to you. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes to everything you said. Um, I think it's really important to remember that your traumatic experiences, or rather, your experiences, mm -hmm. do not define you. You are who you are. They yes. can be part of your journey. They can be part of who you become. They can tell a story, but you can choose what story you tell. Mm -hmm. You have the power to write your story. Yeah. In this case, I chose to rewrite my story and to utilize what I had experienced. So in this case, the sexual abuse I had experienced, it doesn't make me less of a man. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I went through it. I like to think of it. And this will be an, ex this will be an extreme. I know some people will be like, what? I like to think of it as a gift. Mm -hmm. I like to think of it as a gift that I went through because mm -hmm. of that. It is that I am where I am now. And it is that I'm headed where I'm headed now. And he made me stronger. I am now in charge of writing my story. I'm the author of my story. So therefore I'm rewriting it and I'm looking at it from a place of power, which is what fuels me to continue to do the work that I do. 
mm-hmm. continue to reach people who may be experiencing the same thing, to continue to empower people and to help them heal and experience peace in their mm-hmm. heart so that what I went through is not just sitting there in a box as a story that I keep mm-hmm. hiding from people. What good does that do to anyone? It doesn't take anything mm-hmm. away from me. It actually gives to people. So therefore, I'm going to continue to utilize it. So great point, mm-hmm. men out there. If you have experienced any type of abuse, sexual mm-hmm. abuse, this does not make you any less of a man. It doesn't define you. However, you have mm-hmm. the power in your hands, whether you're a man or a woman, um, any gender, you have the power in your hands to choose whether this just sits on a shelf and it gets dusty and every once in a while it pokes you and it reminds you that it's there or you turn it into your power, which is your mm-hmm. story. Yes. Um, I don't know how to clap and go everywhere because yes, yes, yes to everything you said in this room. And I, I'm so happy for, you know, that you, you know, te apoderas de eso, that, like I said, it doesn't define you, but that's el motor que te anima to what we're going to talk about right now, to leader, which I think is so amazing, the mission and to focus on El Salvador. And I know like it's, it's focused on El Salvador and especially to young people. So I wanted to ask like more about that um, because of course, to leader, to leader is, um, it is an organization that who was, you know, born from why you have learned, why you went through the, the path of healing, um, that you took also from other different people to how you, we were talking before recording about, you know, because of course an idea doesn't come by one person, but a multiple, montón de personitas dando su granito de arena. So I talk about what is to leader and then why especially focusing on the youth of people. Yes. So to leader is a community organization that was born out of a need, a need for resources that specifically focus on empowering youth. And this was in the community of Valle Dorado in La Libertad, El Salvador. That's where I grew up. So for me, it's very close to my heart because it's my community. It's where I came from. Uh, the reason why I decided to start a journey of creating a nonprofit was, and I say that and I laugh a little bit because starting a journey of, of creating mm-hmm. organizations is not an easy step. You know, it's not something that is like a one day to another. Mm-hmm. However, I started this just as an idea as something that we could do to help youth because my mom, who is a co-pastor of a church here in Valle Dorado, had youth that were coming to mm-hmm. the church and they were asking specific questions about things that they are going through as youth. And in my journey, I've been blessed enough to be exposed to really incredible people like Bill Hoffman, who I mentioned before, uh, Sia Bowler, who is an expert in leadership, who I admire very much, and many other people like uh, Gracie Murphy, mm-hmm. who is a founder of uh, the Justice Project in Honduras. People who I admire so much that I've learned from, I've listened to, I've studied you know, uh, them, <laughs> so I can say that, because they had mm-hmm. an expertise in the field. So me grabbing from them little pieces of the, the mm-hmm. things that they share, little pieces of their wisdom is how I've, I decided to start my own journey of developing myself, which I, you know, we call human development, my own journey of developing me, not just professionally, but mm-hmm. just in, in my own emotional journey of healing and my own emotional intelligence, cre- cre- increasing my own emotional intelligence. So when I looked at what are the things that have helped me to become the person that I am, there were three main things that stood out to me in my own life. One of them was the moment that I chose to go to therapy. The second one was the moment that I met Mm -hmm. someone who I love very much. Her name is Sara. The reason why that was incredible is because that's where my leadership development journey started. She connected me to a lot of resources that led me to meet people like Sia Bowler, who are experts in leadership. And that developed me to increase my own self-belief in the things that I could accomplish. 
So that was the second moment that was crucial. And the third was when I met Bill Hoffman, which started my journey of understanding what emotional intelligence is and how can you have control over it and not allow your emotions to control you. So those three things were what essentially came to my mind when I thought of what could we do to help this youth. The first thing we did was hire a therapist mm-hmm. to come and just give a chat, uh, give a chat to the youth of the of the church. Mm-hmm. Once we saw the effect that it was having in them, that's when we said, "Well, what if these kids had access to a therapist anytime that they needed it? What if these kids could have?" Mm-hmm. Uh, talleres, workshops that are focused on leadership development at an early mm-hmm. age. What if we didn't have to wait until you're 25, 26, 35, 50 to realize, oh crap, I went through a traumatic experience. What if you had an opportunity to start to heal sooner and mm-hmm. not me when I was 25, when I started my journey in healing? Could that have an effect in their lives? <sighs> Sorry, there's a huge truck passing by. It's okay. <laughs> Could that have an effect in their lives? And that's where what fueled me and the little light bulb started to go on to say, oh, wait, we can actually put something together mm-hmm. here. I started to share ideas with people uh, and they were giving their granito de arena and being like, what if you did this? Talk to this person, reach out to this person who's been running a mm-hmm. healing program in Texas for a while. And then that's how they started to feel resources to me to read this, study this, learn here, speak to this therapist. And everyone that I was talking to was like, wait, how come no one has done this that they know of? Maybe there's someone out there who's doing something similar to what I'm doing. But to me, nobody that I knew was providing free resources to people who live in communities who barely make anywhere between 7 to $10 a day if you have a job to pay for a $12 therapy mm-hmm. session, which you need once mm-hmm. a week or, or at least hopefully once a month. If you want to delay a journey, you know, of, of healing by a lot. Um, but nobody yeah. was doing that. So I said, well, if $10 will pay for a therapy session, then let's do this. I'll find a therapist that we can hire to do this. And we can start to put these kids in, in continuous therapy. And that's how we created the first step of what is now to leader. This was back in May of last year. So it was going to be a year this May of us doing this. Now, thankfully, we have 28 kids participating in continuous programming of talleres that are learning about emotional wow. uh, development. So little basic things like what are the emotions? Where do you feel them? How do you talk about an emotion? To things like, let's write our values. What do you value in your life? How do you communicate them? How do you, what is respect? So all these bigger things, conversations that any kid at their age, maybe is not having with their family members. And if they are prop to the parents for talking to their kids about this, but if they're not, then now they have an opportunity to do so. To now we were about to include five more kids in continuous therapy sessions, which will include as of right now, a total of 12 kids participating in therapy sessions continuously. That to me is the gift that we're given when we choose to use our power to bring healing to others. And that's what to leave that is about. Yes. Wow. Wow. And I prop, uh, like props and, you know, it's just amazing the work that you're doing over there with the kids. And it's, I mean, like I said, I, 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 I told you before recording, I was like a stalker in your website <laughs> uh, because I was just reading and like finding, I'm like, wow. Because like I said, maybe well, I'm not aware of someone who has done it. So you like, I'm reading a, to leader has been the first one that I have seen that actually provides resources in Central America, in este caso en El Salvador, you know, I would love to see this type of work everywhere, you know what I mean, especially in your youth people, and like you said, what would be 
if these kids will have las herramientas right now and not wait to like the graduas or like then when you start realizing because if we go years um in this is more like if we put like las cosas como um like what's it called i don't want to be like political type of thing but when kids especially right now and especially in our countries where they there's a lot of like street violence is like a lot of uh when you don't have these resources the main thing you get to your head is that i have to go miles cross borders to have these resources you know and you go over there and then you come here and then aquí nos la, lo que we all dream of when we're over there you know what i mean like we you have done like it's just work and work and work and work and sometimes like that gets entwined in your mind too so now hearing you knowing that this group of people um have those resources they're going to get those resources and invested in their communities and be the leaders of this community and hopefully seeing them as the leaders of the country when it comes you know it's it's like you know it's it va a ser como otra vez un, un yeah. el efecto dominó you know like they get this this um opportunities they talk to therapists um they have you know the leadership program and everything and now it's like boom you know like mm -hmm. i don't they don't i i'm i'm I mean, I'm just assuming, but I just think that uh, having opportunities that you feel that you are capable of doing it instead of waiting till like, okay, I have to go somewhere else for those opportunities. Definitely. And, you know, there's one thing, obviously, in this case, working with, in this case, working with youth, mm -hmm. a lot of them are going starting mm -hmm. their journey in healing. And they'll start to feel more in control mm -hmm. of their emotions. And they'll start to feel more uh, capable mm -hmm. of doing things. There's another aspect that we have to recognize, which mm -hmm. is this is a third world country. Las oportunidades siempre mm -hmm. las ven que están en el norte, no aquí. And they know that. So what yes. they do is they just mm -hmm. want to go over there. Well, my vision for to leader uh -huh. is that we can also be part of creating opportunities for them here. One of them is preparing them for university, uh -huh. teaching them the opportunities that they can have. Thankfully, we have two uh -huh. students right now that we've built becas, becas, um, scholarships for to go to university. And it's so exciting uh -huh. to see our very first two niños que están participando en esto or jóvenes que están participando that are in university that are studying mm -hmm. to you know finish their university that we can help the other part that we want to include is teaching them english because here in el salvador english is really crucial for mm -hmm. certain fields that they can work in so we don't want a bunch of healthier mm -hmm. kids who are frustrated we want to teach them to become solution seekers. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because there's two kids, two, two young adults that I can think of that I admire so much. Both of them are 22 mm -hmm. and both of them have launched their businesses with that, without the help of anyone. They started with their own little chalet, a uh, little place that they work from. One of them makes uh, tortas and licuados and she is, th that thing is popping. And I admire her so much of how her business is growing. The second mm -hmm. one is with Barbero, a barber, you know, in, in our town. He has a second location, 22 years old, a second location. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation with both of them. Wow. And both of them expressed just how much gratitude they have to see now youth have opportunities to create their own opportunities. Mm -hmm. So in this case, we wouldn't want to just be part of their yes. journey in which they heal. We want to be part of preparing them to become the leaders of tomorrow, the leaders of their community, the ones that stand up and say, this is injustice. This mm -hmm. is not okay. We're going to fight for more. Because at the end of the day, the mm -hmm. older will pass away and the younger will stay with the problems that the older created. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the younger needs to be ready to find solutions exactly. for mm -hmm. the problems of the older. So therefore, we need to prepare these youth to not bring on baggage that they could have just left in the past, or rather that they could have helped to become part of their power so they could find solutions for the future and for them to become the leaders of tomorrow. So, you know, right now we're in one community, 
was technically two communities, but just two different towns in the same area in Sacacoyo. Our next step is Chalatenango. Mm-hmm. That's where we're headed. And we're going to be launching a program in there. Mm-hmm. Then after that is San Martin. So we're, we're growing and we're mm-hmm. trusting in the world, in the universe, in God that, you know, the resources will enter the country so that we can help spread this. Because at the end of the day, I always remember there's always a little kid out there in the world who wishes someone would provide an opportunity an opportunity for them to get ahead in life. There's always a little Eddie wishing that someone would open a door yes. for them, that someone would extend mm-hmm. a hand. And I didn't get here on my own. Mm-hmm. I got here through all the people that decided to help, through all the people who, whose hearts were touched for, to, for them to help me to become who I am now and to be where I am now. So therefore, why would I not do the same for them? And the beauty is that there's people who want to help. Yes, yes. And, you know, I I don't know. I think I'll repeat it many times. Amazing, amazing work. And it's, it's so true. And, um, you know, I'll continue watching the journey of to leader, of how it's growing, because it, it's truly an amazing, amazing work. And um, it's true, you know, a veces, como te digo, we, I mean, Uno que ha crecido en Centroamérica, we don't see the opportunities there. They're like, oh, it's this thing. Aquí no hay trabajo, aquí no hay oportunidades. But if you had have someone who told you, yeah, you can actually do it here. You know, you can actually, this is like, que están las herramientas. I know would have had a different mentality and leave, not leave them aside, but to own into all those, um, you know, experience that we have we have been through uh to use them in our advantage to create and like it's true like you said i, I really like how you said like you i mean it's sad to say pero los viejitos se van a ir eh, las personas que están ahorita en el poder se van a ir en quienes son los que quedamos somos nosotros son, somos los, son los niños que están ahorita son los, los jóvenes and we if we don't want to see continue seeing our countries or communities how they are with the with honestly lack of resources we need to make the work right now. The way maybe we, if we don't benefit from it, some others will benefit and then we'll go from the generation. We're just going to cut, you know, como dijiste, el, el wire. This is when yes. you're going to cut it. The way we, we grew. And then otras personas, otras, uh, otros adolescentes, crezcas con las, con las herramientas to not repeat what we had to deal with through all this journey. So yeah eddie thank you so much again i'm i don't know i i'm so excited i'm, I'm like <laughs> to talk with you it was a pleasure um do you want to say anything before we close i want to say thank you for this opportunity alejandra because i mm-hmm. think it's really important for a new organization like to leader to have exposure in in order for us to be able to do the work that we do we have to recognize that we need the resources to do so but the most important part of this Mm -hmm. to me is not the exposure of my organization but rather the message which is healing is necessary do not think that yes it's for locals for only for some people constantly just ask yourself what else can i grow in and at the same time, mm-hmm. have patience with yourself if your healing journey doesn't look like anyone else's. Because it's your own story. It's your own book. You have the power mm-hmm. to rewrite it. So just ask yourself, what story do I want to tell? And be honest with yourself about where you are right now. Give thanks about where mm-hmm. you are now. Do not wish you were anywhere else because that will create anxiety in your life. Give thanks about where you are now. And then ask yeah. yourself, who can I reach out to that will listen to me, that will understand me? And trust me, many times it's not someone that's next to you. It might be a stranger. The way that the leader was created and is implemented now is to minimize the la creencia that therapy is for locals. So we implement our programming in a way that is playful, mm-hmm. that it's fun, and that it helps the kids connect with what they're with, with what they're learning in a way in which it makes it less threatening. So sometimes we have to do that for ourselves, for us to mm-hmm. 
embark on the journey of healing. So I invite you to consider looking for someone who can listen to you, not looking for help. If you want to, don't want to listen, or if you want to consider, or if you don't want to categorize it as help, that's fine. Just look at it as, can someone help Mm -hmm. me process this? Can someone help me understand something, this aspect of my life? And definitely feel free re- to reach out to us. You can feel free mm-hmm. to follow us on uh, to Leader Project on Instagram, on Facebook. If you know of someone in El Salvador that is doing similar work, please feel free to help us connect. Uh, we're here to help and serve communities. We want to be able to expand and grow. So definitely uh, feel free to reach out at any moment. And thank you, Alejandra. Yeah, definitely. And thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for sending us, you know, like a message to be wanting to be part. And thank you for creating these resources for uh, people in El Salvador and to everyone who's listening. Eddie is also going to be on the panel on May 29th. So if you have any questions, you want to learn anything, I'm going to leave the section where you can submit questions for the panel. Also, all the social medias for Eddie, the Tu Leader, and his podcast is going to be linked below. That way you are, you can go and reach it out and support it. You know, like, and if, like he said, if you have someone in El Salvador who might benefit from this, please spread the world, the word, the word, <laughs> the word. Dile a tu familia en El Salvador if you have some. Um, that way we can get more resources towards the community. And thank you, um, Eddie, for taking the time to come and talk to us from El Salvador. <laughs> My pleasure. If you'd like to support this podcast and my work, you can donate through our website or become a patron. Don't forget to check our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list. Follow us on Instagram at Simpson Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Simpson Voices Pod. Like and follow our Facebook page where you can join the Central American Voices Facebook group. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're going to continue sharing these episodes as a video format. But don't forget to come back for our next episode.